Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm your host, Jordana Levine. Last week, we explored the Virgo new moon. And I think the most fascinating thing about the energies that were stirred up during the new moon was the fact that so many people I've spoken to were so deeply affected by the energies of Virgo. And by that, I mean cleaning, tidying, rearranging the house, organizing finances, writing to-do lists, getting meticulous, concerned with the details, and perhaps even finding themselves tipping over into perfectionism and self-criticism. And these are people who are just not like this usually. I heard many accounts of this through friends and family, but also through a lot of people on social media. So this week I wanted to chat to my dear friend and brand growth consultant and strategist, Katie Graham, who is the absolute embodiment of Virgo. And you'll find out why during our chat. But in particular, the work she does with her clients, Katie calls herself a professional problem solver, so Virgo, (laughs) by enabling her clients to step out of overwhelm and find clarity in their business. Often this means slowing down and doing less, which can seem really counterintuitive. Katie discovered the sheer joy and advantage of slow business after, like many of us, she experienced extreme burnout in her former corporate life. Katie has 15 years of big brand experience under her belt and launched her own strategy consultancy in 2016 to assist small business owners and brands with integrity, find clarity, drive, sustainable growth, and focus on their path forward. Katie has 15 years of big brand experience under her belt and launched her own strategy consultancy in 2016 to assist small business owners and brands with integrity, find clarity, drive sustainable growth, and focus on their path forward. Following a simple strategy to impact the future of their business. Katie is on a mission to help the humans behind businesses find headspace and clarity. Whether you run your own business or not, you're going to find some golden nuggets in this conversation. I know I did. And if you do find yourself on a hamster wheel, unable to see the forest for the trees, then I hope by the end of this, you're ready to take a deep breath and slow down in order to achieve more. If you enjoy this episode, make sure you take a screenshot and tag me at Jordana Levine and Katie at the letter K, the letter T underscore Graham on Instagram stories. Plus at the end of our conversation, Katie is being incredibly generous and giving one lucky listener an opportunity to work with her for free. But I'll tell you more about that at the end. I hope you enjoy this conversation with my dear friend Katie, and I hope that you can learn from the most Virgo of the Virgos how to stay balanced during this current Virgo season. 
the show for a couple of reasons. First of all, you are a Virgo. And of all my Virgo friends, I feel like you not only embody Virgo, but also balance it really well, which we'll dive into a little bit throughout um, this interview. But also, not surprisingly, the work that you do and your philosophy when it comes to business is very much in line with Virgo energy when it's in balance, not when it's out of balance. (laughs) And I guess we'll talk about that as well. But before we dive in, I think we need to tell the listeners what you discovered the other day when looking at your natal chart, because (laughs) I thought you were just a Virgo sun, but you seem to be so much more than that. (laughs) I know. I was so surprised myself. Um, I... I don't know the actual word for it, but I have Virgo in Moon, Sun, Jupiter, Mercury, and Saturn. Yeah, it's huge. It's it's (laughs) massive. Um, And I think luckily I have Aquarius rising to balance Mm. it all out. But, um, yeah, I looked at all of that and went, oh, my gosh. I've always thought that I embodied a lot of the Virgo traits, but I had no idea how insanely intensely I was embodying them all (laughs) yeah well it's so interesting you know especially from my perspective seeing the way that you run your business and even the way that you communicate with with friends is the Virgo in Mercury because Virgo in Mercury well Mercury in general is all about um, communication talking thinking processing information and that's Mm -hmm. very much that's very much you if you take all the energy of Virgo and Mm. put it into into that category that's pretty much how you run your business right is taking it totally is yeah Mm. is taking that kind of clarity which Virgo is really good at and delivering it in a way that people can understand Mm. yeah it's really beautiful so true so perhaps just so everybody can get a really good idea of who you are and what it is you do how would you explain Mm -hmm. your work to people I, by trade, I'm a strategist, which essentially means I'm a professional problem solver. Um, and I just love helping other people find headspace and clarity. That's that's my whole mission. Mm. Um, I think it's interesting that you've you've met me in the last five years, George. Yeah. Um, but if you'd met me five years ago, um, it, it, I was I was the opposite. I was definitely out of balance um, and working in an environment that was not conducive to me being my best self and being of the best service. Um, so I navigate business owners, um, particularly small business owners. I absolutely love helping female-run um, small businesses and help them navigate from confusion to clarity. Um, so cutting through the overwhelm, the overanalysis paralysis, um, and I think I understand that space so well because as a Virgo, I absolutely am prone to overthinking, overanalyzing, ensuring everything's perfect before you press go. Mm-hmm. Um, so cutting through that and just slowing it right down, stripping it right back and focusing on, on what the most important steps are in order to continue running a business. Um, and I focus a lot on human sustainability probably because I have in my past life burnt out. And so I want to make sure that whatever any of us are doing, whether we're in a corporate, whether we're running our own business like you are, George, that we can continue doing that yeah. for years to come. I think yeah. it's so important. I I still I still am prone to burnout. I haven't quite mastered 
this yet and I feel like I've got my moon in Virgo I feel like I, I'm not familiar with how to balance out that Virgo energy I find it really difficult and mm. I think I think that for many of us maybe tell me what you think like when you've come from that corporate background that's all about mm-hmm. the hustle and celebrates busy and speed and productivity and then you come into your own business and you kind of take those traits with you or or feel yep. like they're metrics that you should be meeting in order to be successful is that something you see a lot with small business it's something I see a lot and it's something that I saw in myself for the first couple of years of running my own business um we are all obsessed with numbers um but I find that when we come back to feelings like I I remember I did Danielle Laporte years ago and it's something I did her design map Mm. and the number one feeling that came through in so many aspects was freedom. Yeah. And so I now make a lot of my decisions around freedom. And I found a lot of other small business owners, and I think particularly um, living up in Byron where we've all moved away from the, the city, moved away from the hustle, there are a lot of us who share that value of freedom. And when we make decisions from that place, it's actually less about the numbers um, so we're naturally pulled away from it. But I think I think in any business numbers are important, but it's it's coming back to what are the right numbers. Um, you know, even if we're looking at and we're all still obsessed with Instagram metrics, even though no one can see them. <laughs> um, and I think I'm always so curious. I think apply curiosity to numbers. Yeah. Um, so when I'm looking at numbers, it's like, oh, I had so many saves on that or um, – there were so many comments or why were there not many likes on that? And I think applying curiosity and trying to learn from everything helps you improve. Mm. Um, But without getting so caught up in it and using it as a measure of self-worth or business worth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm a big, a big believer in Seth Godin's work. Yeah. And um, I think I was telling you the other day, he came out with, a blog post recently that was all it was all themed around the first 10 and he said essentially just focus on those first 10 people in your business um or incorporate like, the first 10 relationships and just keep focusing on those 10 because if you treat those first 10 people well not the hundreds not the anonymous masses just if you treat those first 10 people well each of those 10 people will go on to find you another 3 10 100,000 whatever mm. it is and if that's not working then you come back and you look at what you're offering yeah is the message right is the product right because if it's not flowing then you got to look at yourself and what you're offering and it's not that could be out of alignment it's yeah. not it's not sustainable if we're constantly thinking about how we can serve a thousand people we'll burn out yeah. if we're thinking about how we can serve 10 people then we're much better and, and I think the same applies to our friendship there is no way we can be the perfect friend daughter partner when we've got 50 people in our close circle yeah but if we're focused on, you know, nurturing the right relationships and spending quality time with people, then it's always much better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you were telling me the other day, or actually I think I read it in one of your blog posts, that mm-hmm. occupational burnout has actually been added to the World Health Organization's uh, classification of diseases. So that's yes. kind of where we're at, right? And that's terrifying. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely terrifying. But on the other hand, I actually think it's, 
it's awesome that it's been recognized yeah because I I remember when I burnt out five years ago, I didn't know what was happening. It was only a year later, um, thanks to amazing psychologists and doctors around me that said, oh, you had adrenal fatigue and, you know, it's classified as burnout. I had no idea what was going on at the time other than lots of tears, tears driving into the office, (laughs) keeping on a brave face (laughs) during the day and tears at night. And I'm sure so many of your listeners will be nodding because we've all been through it at one point, but just we haven't been able to pinpoint what that was. Okay, Um, so if we we had to explain to listeners that are perhaps not quite sure what mm -hmm. burnout is, how, how would you describe it? I think I would describe it as it's so difficult to explain yeah but it's it's where your whole body is telling you to stop doing something Mm. and it's almost as if we've ignored um I think there are 11 stages of dis-ease in the body according to Ayurveda um before we have a disease and I think of burnout as we've ignored all those 11 signs Mm. and it's our body's way of shutting down. Um, And I think burnout generally, and I'm not a doctor um, or naturopath or anyone who studied a a health qualification of any sort, but I I think burnout in most people I know of who have had a significant burnout, it's manifested physically. Yes. So for me, my back, froze I know for you it, it's always been your shoulder jaws yeah. and for some reason we ignore all the signs we ignore we ignore that heart racing we ignore the massive over-reliance on caffeine it kind of builds up gradually <laughs> and we it does nothing and we keep going back for more we ignore that we're waking up tired um, because we're just waking up at 5 a.m. to go and do high-intensity exercise because that's making us feel better before we go and do a full day of work. We're just so addicted to giving ourselves little bits of um, extra cortisol. I, I, I don't know why we do it in, in hindsight, but I think if anyone, if anyone is feeling like their emotions before and after work and during work are different, and they feel like they have to keep a mask on during the day, then listen to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's always and, a way And out. do the yoga. Yeah. <laughs> do the do yoga. The yoga. Do or the just, yoga. just lie down on the mat on the floor. You don't even have to do anything. Just stop. Shavasana. Stop the mast. Yeah. 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 So, um, Katie, you talk a lot about slow business and I'd love to mm-hmm. understand it better. We've heard a lot about, you know, slow food and slow fashion. How would you describe slow business? What does that mean? Slow business means to me knowing where you're going, being really intentional, purposeful, but taking measured strategic steps mm. to get to to get to the or to, on the on your path. It's not so much about attaching to an outcome, but on that path, taking measured, concise, considerate steps mm. and having enough headspace around you so that you can make decisions clearly and in contrast to that you've got fast business and you see it a lot with startup culture where everyone is moving so fast that you're not really making a decision and I think we've all we've all you know in in some some aspect of our lives probably our work lives in particular we've all just jumped into that thing and had to redo that thing because we've gone too quickly yes um, 
you know, we've just dived straight into writing a blog post or a newsletter or whatever it is we were doing, Mm. haven't really thought through and then we've had to pull it apart and it actually takes longer to pull it apart and recraft it than if we just sat down gone, okay, so what are we trying to get out of this? Is this even the right thing? Okay, yes, it is. This is how we want people to feel after reading it. Okay, go. Yeah. And it just flows. Um, so I think for me it's really creating that space around it. And there was um, for ages I, th- I was questioning whether slow was right. Like I knew in my own experience and in some of my clients' experience, slow had seemed like it was actually leading to greater profits and greater success. But um, I found a study by the Harvard Business Review recently and they looked at over 300 businesses over a three-year period and found that the companies that chose to push go on every lead or initiative to gain that edge and to get something over their competitors actually ended up with lower sales and operating profits than those that paused at key moments. Mm. So those who slowed down to speed up averaged 40% higher sales and 52% higher operating profits over the study period. So there is actually evidence out there now that if you take a slower, more considered approach, that you can actually drive higher sales and profits. And I think the the important part of going slow is not being lazy and not doing nothing, but making sure you're balancing the tempos Um, because I can be highly efficient sometimes but then there's also other tasks where I know that I need to create some space around. I need to go for a walk before I sit down to do that thing. Um, so it's all about understanding yourself. But in order to understand yourself, you have to have that space. It's so uh, – I'm just saying from personal experience, like I really struggle to get my head around this concept. Like mm-hmm. I, understand, I understand it. I've seen it work with people mm-hmm. around me. And as someone who is always go, 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 do, 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 I take very little time to reflect, which is so hilarious mm. because it is my message. Um, I just, I, and I guess it's it's habitual and it's what's always happened and it's a, it's a hangover from corporate life. But I mm-hmm. just find the need, uh, I find the concept of slowing down to speed up something so hard to kind of wrap my head around. Yeah. Can yeah. you give me a... Um, and I've seen you do it, so I, I know I know that it works. Can you give me like a really practical um, example of slowing down to speed up growth? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I think the the most obvious one that we can all relate to is where we've said no to something, mm. no to a client, and that's actually given us the space to allow the good opportunities to be seen. Yeah. Um, so I think saying no and making like that, that is the biggest sign that you have created space around you. You've said no to, particularly when you're saying no to a client that is just, you can feel yourself being pulled out of alignment Mm. and that might have nothing to do with the client, but you're seeing part of your former self or your, um, the traits that you're trying to manage starting to manifest. Um, For me, it's boundaries. Mm. Um, So if I can feel myself being pulled, if I can feel my boundaries being blurred by a relationship, a client relationship um, or a work relationship, they're the ones that I say no to. And 
every time I've done it, that space has led to growth. Mm, growth it's given and, me space yeah. to, yeah, to think. Um, and I know I've got um, some lovely clients up here, Sally and Scott, who run Farmer Joe Muesli, and they moved from Sydney. They had a, a big factory um, out near the airport in Sydney and they moved their four kids <laughs> and their factory up wow. to Mullumbimby two and a bit years ago, two and a half years ago. And it, it seems counterintuitive, right? Like moving from Sydney where you've got access to, you know, quicker access to everything, to yeah. ingredients, to freight, to they export a lot of their products. So it's much easier for them to get product overseas from Sydney, from that hub than it is from up here. Um, but they've actually grown more because they've had that space around them to make the right decisions. Yeah. So I guess a big part of slow business is um, self-awareness and like yep. working out what feels good for you and mm-hmm. also being really clear on what your values are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess at the same time, making sure that within business there's there's equal value exchange. Otherwise you start to feel compromise whether it's yeah. it's it's an energy compromise or a value compromise or yeah whatever yeah. it might be yeah okay yeah, so absolutely. things like things like uh tuning into your intuition and like listening mm-hmm. to that gut kind of feeling around mm-hmm. clients and business was that something that you had to learn or has that always been quite an innate quality for you I think I've always had it mm. but I haven't always been able to listen to it yeah and burnout, you can't listen to it at all. Mm-hmm. You, you can't trust it, that's for sure. Um, so I think, uh, honestly, yoga has helped me so much in, in terms of listening to my gut. Um, yeah, I think, I think yoga and also it's, it's that age-old thing, step away from the desk. Um, whether you're working in an office or you're working for yourself, step outside, go for a walk. The idea comes to you when you're walking or you're away from your desk and like you can you feel you can feel what the right next step is when you're away from the desk, not yeah. when you're there trying to do the thing. Um, I think you know there was there have been so many studies on the shower and how all the ideas come to you in the shower. Mm. And I think it's the same thing. It's just when your mind's off something else, you feel when you're trying to focus on that thing, that decision, you, you can't you can't feel and think at the same time necessarily. So being away from the environment I think can help massively. Absolutely. In terms of listening. I really yeah. I really um, found when I was writing my book that I had to at every moment where I felt stuck and I felt like energy wasn't moving that I had to get up and actually move my body. Um, Mm. And it's funny you mentioned the shower thing. I was at one stage, (laughs) so sorry, environment, but I was having three to four showers a day because I just, I needed to to break up whatever kind of stagnancy I was experiencing at my desk. And it always helped. It really did. Actually, going back to your book, George, that going to Bali to write your book is a classic case of slowing down and you might think that that sounds ludicrous because you probably never worked so hard in your life (laughs) but but slow doesn't mean a slow pace necessarily or you know less achievement less output but what you said no to in order to focus on your book by Mm. going to Bali you said no to routine to traffic to 
um, enforced catch-ups. You know, you know, when you're in a home environment, you have to see the family and you have yeah. to do all these things. It's all those have-tos. You got rid of all those have-tos and just focused on you. Yeah. You created it, space. Absolutely. And, you know, it's quite interesting. I look back on that period of writing that book. I wrote it in eight weeks. And I have to say, I did work very hard, but I also didn't overexert myself. I never burnt mm. out during that process. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I probably only wrote for about three hours within a day. Like I wasn't sitting at the desk the whole time. And I got and I got it out. I got the workout because mm. I took those moments when there was no creativity coming through. And instead of forcing it out, I just went and did something else. And I mm-hmm. slowed down and I listened to my intuition. And yeah, that, that was a that was a good case study for yeah. slow business, actually. Do you think, yeah, really good one. Do you think we can slow down when we're working for someone else? Because, I mean, there's going to be listeners who don't run their own businesses and are still, yeah. you know, um, in, in a corporate job or just perhaps working for a startup or whatever it might be. Can we slow down within ourselves while still performing for our um, superiors? Yes, absolutely. Um, I, in between working full-time, burning out full-time and starting up on my own, I did a few contracts and when there was one contract in particular where I was working in a crazy, big, hectic agency um, in Sydney and I was there three days and my contract stayed at nine to five and I knew that by putting myself back in that environment, I really had to stick to nine to five and so I, I was the role model for getting in on time and, and leaving on time, but being highly, highly you know, efficient. And I wanted to make sure that I delivered value in every single interaction I had during the day. And I have to say, because because I wasn't pushing myself to, I knew that I was there nine to five. I wasn't accepting the diary notes that were coming in at nine, 10 o'clock during the week and on the weekends, like ridiculous. Um, but by doing that, I didn't have so much in my head. I, I, I knew what to say yes and no to, and I, I could actually offer strategic counsel in all meetings because I had the headspace. Mm. So I think when you are working in a corporate, um, working for someone else, it's just it's not going to be easy at first, but just always trying to create a little bit of space around that that decision you're making um and I think there's there's an amazing there's an amazing quote um that I remember I used to use in yoga classes and it talks about how between stimulus and response there's a space Mm. we don't always use that space um but we can use that space just a brief moment of pause to work out how we're going to react respond to a situation and I think if we just take those little moments, those little spaces in between, in between being asked to do a task, um, being asked to review something, action something, go to a meeting, if we just take those moments and actually think about why why we need to do those, how we can do those best or, you know, whatever it is, then by using that little space, we can then slow down yeah, um, and, and be more efficient. Okay, so but, but yeah, we don't always have a heap of space. It's not always possible. No, but I guess I, I guess taking the space within yourself, even if physically it doesn't look like there's space on the calendar, there's still a moment mm. to take a deep breath, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, always. <laughs> okay, so always. I just want to do a little bit of a recap. Um, mm-hmm. 
people if people are feeling um overwhelmed and overcommitted i think that's another thing is overcommitment we just commit to so many things before taking the time to really think is this actually possible can we do this i do it all the time with clients because i come into a lack mentality where i go well what if i don't have more clients down the track i'll just take everyone on now Um, and Mm -hmm. that's something i've really had to pull back on this kind of faith piece this trust piece piece Mm -hmm. but when we come into feelings of um overcommitment and feeling overwhelmed and something as simple as slowing down can feel like you know it's just something else to add to the list Mm -hmm. what are some of the things that we can start to look at immediately like if we had to give a little list of points what do you think we could say um there's one okay there's there's one piece of advice my dad gave me years Mm. ago (laughs) and he it's it's a way to create create space between an ask and an action um, and I think it can apply to everything that we do. Um, it can even apply to you, Jods, when you're taking a client on and when you have to action or put that in your diary, so creating space between the two. And Dad always said to me, make sure if a client comes to you with something that's urgent, and I think it's the urgent ones, the ones that have to be done straight away, the bookings that have to be in within the next couple of days, those urgent ones often tip us over because we take that urgent energy on Um, and so dad always dad always said go back um go straight back to them like really efficiently go back to them with a list of questions and he said by going back to them with a list of five six questions and they don't have to be hard questions but if you go back to them with a list with an email that says something like yeah absolutely i'll get onto this straight away before I, before I start, can you just answer these questions? Mm. And he said 10 out of 10 times you will create that space because they can't answer those questions straight away. And then not only can they not answer those questions straight away, but they realize what they've asked, the, what, the pressure that they've put on you. Mm. Um, so I think, I think if we can in anything that we do, and not, not in a way that people can see straight through, but, um, but I think just creating those little little spaces between. It might be, Jods, for you, your, your client bookings, they're for next week. They're always for the week after. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think chunking out time in your calendar is something that we can all do for tasks. Mm-hmm. Um, tuning into when you're at your most productive. Um, and if you are working yes. in an office, <laughs> if you are working in an office, put that time aside every week, block it out in your diary so no one else can book over it. And just block it out for your, it might be Thursday afternoon from 2 till 5, or for me it's Friday afternoon, which is so weird, um, from 4 till 6, and I block that out um, and I know that whatever I haven't got done during the week, I can just plough through That's your most in those two time. hours. Four to six it's on a so Friday. weird. Oh, my God. so weird. <laughs> um, also writing a to-do list at the end of each day for the next day. Yeah. Um, and on a Friday afternoon, write your to-do list for the next week. Um by by taking it's very Virgo, it's isn't so it? So Virgo, but um, keep going. <laughs> but but by being organised in that way, you sit down at your desk on Monday morning and you're not thinking, oh, so what am I supposed to be yeah. doing today? Yeah. In that time, you've probably ticked off the first task. Yeah. 
It's so true. Um, in yeah. terms of the productivity hours, that yeah. that was a game changer for me because when I came out of nine to five, I really struggled to not feel guilt and shame around not sitting at the desk from nine in the morning mm. until five in the afternoon. But I yeah. know now that my, my productive hours are actually 7 a.m. until about 2. I'm not mm-hmm. really – nothing good's coming out of me after 2 o'clock. And so mm. I can sit there and push after two or yeah. I can just start a little bit earlier in the morning, which actually feels a lot better for me and, and enjoy yeah. my afternoons in Byron Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, really kind of and I think, that. and we're lucky we can do that. We work for ourselves for people who can't do that. Um, I, I think it comes down to like trying to put your afternoon, like if, if you were working in an office job, Try and just stipulate that your the meetings that you can have a bit of control over, they happen in the afternoon. Yeah. You know, the ones that they're meetings for the sake of meetings, those sorts of those sorts of meetings. Um, and just make sure that you clear that space in the morning and be open, communicate with people who, who work around you and say, I'm best in the morning at getting the work done. Um, you know, just, just communicate. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. You talk a little bit about um, outsourcing and automating, and oh, I am yeah. terrible at both of those things. So can you uh, it's shed a work some in light progress. on them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a work in progress. Um, and I think it's, it's much easier to do when you're working in a company where there are other people around you. Um, it's much harder when you're trying to work on your own. Um, but I think tune into – and, you know, slowing down is – is an ever evolving thing. I don't think I don't think any of us necessarily can work towards Tim Ferriss's four hour work week. I mm. think that's you know, that's like a mirage. Yeah. Um, I think when you are like on that journey of trying to create space, tune into what you hate doing mm. during the week. Yeah. And um, I I have a weekly to do list that I still manually write and I think it goes back to school because I, I did that at school and it seems to work for me still. And there's a little section on my to-do list that I literally just rewrite week after week after week. It's on there so that it's out of my brain, but it's on that list week after week. Okay. Um, and so that is the section that I've now started to outsource. Yeah. Um, and I think it doesn't always have to be work. Um, I have I have a girl, Amy, who comes in and I committed to – Amy coming in for half a day a week when I was quiet but had come off a really busy period. Um, and I think everyone can relate to when you're busy, when you've got so much on your plate, outsourcing seems like like it's impossible, right? Mm. And so I made a conscious decision to go, okay, when I come out of this burst, I'm going to get someone in and train them during the slow, slow patch, like during the quiet mm. period, so that when I'm busy again, she's all trained up. So I remember in the beginning, that four hours a week, I was like, what am I going to give Amy this week? Like, I have no idea. Um, so she waters the plants. She fertilizes the plants. Um, she'll do like little errands for me, picking things up, whatever. But I've now got her to the point where she's entering my zero invoices at expenses every week. Mm. And I've put a check in place with my bookkeeper so that I don't have to go in and check her work. My bookkeeper does it for me. Yeah. Um, 
I um, and I've now got her helping me with some of the research for um, for my client work because I've learned that it's actually really awesome to have an independent view on a client's website as well as my own. Absolutely. I think that's um, so yeah. I think that's so clever, Katie, to be taking on help and outsourcing during the slow periods. I've yeah. just been through this myself where I tried mm. to get someone on while I was deep in busyness. And it just felt so overwhelming for me and so overwhelming Mm -hmm. for her because I didn't have an opportunity or any space to be able to help her understand. So it just felt like failure after failure, you know. Yeah, it's got to be gradual. It's got to be gradual. The other thing I've recently automated, Mm. which has been a game changer, and again, it's only come because I was was trying to tune into where I was feeling moments of reaction and stress. Yeah. And – um. I found that I was constantly emailing different people with my availability saying, okay, I've got these three options this week. And then I'd get an email from someone else asking for a time and I'd go, oh, okay, well, I'm kind of holding these three spots for this person. I don't know if they're going to get back to me today or in two days. And so I've actually got on board. um, I've I've signed up for Acuity Scheduling Mm. and there are so many different scheduling platforms out there. But the thing I love about Acuity is – I can actually stipulate, like with my three-hour workshops that I do with small business founders, I don't want to do much else around those. So I've stipulated I want 90 minutes before and 90 minutes after those appointments. Um, with my free 30-minute chats, I only have 15 minutes either side. Yeah. Um, you can you can choose. I can say, okay, I want to max do maximum of two workshops a week. You can put all these things in and then you just send a link to clients and they can book in. So whenever they get to it, that's my real-time availability. And it sounds so small, but um, it's been a game-changer for me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, mm. I don't use Acuity, but I've got a, a similar system. Mm. And it was a game-changer for me as well, like not just for clients booking in, but people booking in podcast times, um, yeah. free discovery sessions, all of that sort of thing. Because, yeah, you can spend a lot of time going back and forth going, can you do this yeah. time or this time or what about this date? You know, and it's just, yeah, it's time-consuming. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, um, and then the third thing, which is neither outsourcing or automation that I've done, is I've actually started to change what I do based on the things that I find I procrastinate over. Mm. So I used to do my my package for small businesses used to be a higher price point and more output yeah. than it is now. And I found I love doing the workshop. I love working with people one-on-one and I'm really efficient at getting the strategy, the, the, the top-line strategy over to them straight after. The bit that I was um, I was spending a lot of time doing and chasing and working through with clients was then delivering another strategy after that. I wasn't enjoying it. I was procrastinating. And so I've just cut that out and scaled down my packages. Amazing. It's so, so it's smart. It, it's slow business, but it's smart business. <laughs> it's smart. Yeah. yeah. Just do the things you love doing and slowly work towards and you can't do it straight away, but but just chip away and the things that you're not good at or you procrastinate over, just just look for ways that you can either outsource or get rid of <laughs> from your day to day. Yeah. Okay, so Katie, if there are people listening to this, and I know there are that there are people listening to this who mm-hmm. are like, I can relate to everything Katie and George have been talking about. I'm feeling so overwhelmed. I want to get to 
a space of clarity with my business, but I just feel so in it. Mm -hmm. What are some of the ways that you personally can help people? Because I know that you have packages based on this and I love the line that you use, which is taking people from (laughs) confusion to clarity. And that's what it is. Like sometimes when we're in it, we can't see through it. So what what can you offer people? I can, yeah, I've got a few different, a few different packages um, and I've got a couple of blog posts as well that, that can help um, if you're just in a position where you can't afford to, to get anyone in because um, we've all been there. So there's, there's one blog post on learning to say no and I'd recommend reading that one okay. um, because saying no is the biggest thing, the biggest, the biggest way to cut through the overwhelm. Um, so I've recently created a couple of smaller packages just to help people with exactly that, to cut through that overwhelm. One is called Making Space, where we quickly, in two hours over Zoom, set goals, set your challenge, and, and then work through a list. Like you come armed with that, that never-ending to-do list and together we go yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, based on your strategic challenge. Mm. Um, there's another one which is like a slightly different model, um, but all around decision clarity. So when you've got a pivot or a big decision to make in your business, that one's for you, um, where you just need another brain on it. Um, and then, and then the brand clarity package, which is my sort of core formula. We sit down face to face for three hours, work through your business, work through your brand, um, because I believe that we need to know who we're serving and why we're doing it before we can really move forwards with that sort of 12-month vision um, of sustainable, like a sustainable growth strategy for 12 months. Um, so we look through that, we set goals, we look at the, I do research and look at the big picture opportunity for you. But the thing that all three of those packages that I have and there are others I can tailor have in common is we look at why you're doing what you're doing um, we look at your values, we look at where you're trying to get to and then we cut we cut through and say no. I help you say no because clarity requires headspace. Mm. Um, so we need to learn how to say no. Oh, yes, we do. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting much better at it and you are too. I know you are. I've seen it in practice. It's great. Okay, so if people um, want to find out more about these packages, where can they go? They can head along to my website, which is www.katiegraham.com.au. Beautiful. And there's some beautiful blog posts there as well, um, like you mentioned. Um, Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today, Katie. It was so lovely to um, have your wisdom and perspective on business and slowing down. Um, and as someone who lives and breathes Virgo energy, um, it's really nice to see it in balance because I've seen it out of balance and you've lived it out of balance as have I. (laughs) So it's really nice to know, um, that that there, yeah, that there's a way to manage. It doesn't sound like the right word, but to, (laughs) to balance it. No, manage it. Yeah. Um, manage and balance. It's funny though, you know, during this Virgo season, I've had a lot of people around me who are not 
Virgo, who don't have Virgo in their chart, really start to feel into the energy of Virgo. You know, they're cleaning out the house and they're, um, you know, min- minimizing their wardrobe and they're writing their to-do lists and they're doing all of this stuff. So this energy, it is contagious. And if you mm-hmm. are feeling it at the moment, I really urge you to not go into burnout and overwhelm as we've spoken about and really start to adopt some of the concepts that Katie's been discussing today. And get it out of your head and write a list. Yeah, write a list. Be a Virgo, write a list. All right, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I no hope you enjoyed that conversation with Katie. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, Katie has generously offered to give away an opportunity to work with her. Um, she is giving away her making space package valued at $700 to one lucky Lunar Lover listener. The making space package is a one-off two-hour strategy power session designed to give you breathing space and clarity in your business. To be in the running to win this incredible prize, all you need to do is be a Lunar Lover member. If you're not already, you can sign up for a membership via the link in the show notes or over on my website, jordanalevine.com. And then send me an email, jordana at jordanalevine.com. That's also in the show notes if you don't remember. Letting me know in 25 words or less why you need to create space in your business. The winner will be notified via email on September 13. Also, if you are interested in becoming a Lunar Lover member, this month's guided meditation is an anti-anxiety breathing meditation, and it's the perfect remedy to overwhelm, especially during Virgo season. In fact, following the lunar cycle is what enabled me to invite some more slow and less hustle into my own business. So if this is something you're interested in embodying, then join me as a Lunar Lover member. Until next moon, I'm Jordana Levine and you've been listening to Luna Lover, the podcast. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.